0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 219 of Selling the Couch. I'm actually recording this in mid-December because I wanted to be an overachiever, just kidding, and (laughs) record a couple of episodes a little bit ahead. Mainly, I actually wanted to record these because I try to get a little bit ahead with podcast episodes just so that I'm not stressing out and getting burnt out. So today's podcast session is an interesting topic and one that I think you'll enjoy. And I titled it, Do I Have to Build My Therapy Practice Before I Launch a Second Income Stream? My guest is Annie Schusler. Annie's website is rebeltherapist.me. And uh, we're having this just great conversation about about this topic. This topic, uh, the idea for this topic was actually started by an email that Annie sent me, asking, you know, do you think that's possible? And I know that Melvin, I know that you've done that, you know. And uh, I was like, I think so, but I think you, um, I think it's possible. I mean, I guess I'm living proof, but um, I also think there's some wisdom and there's some things to have in place. And so this conversation, I think, is just a bunch of insights that we've learned along the way. So we'll tackle a bunch of stuff. Why is it important to have other income streams as a clinician? What are the three minimum things that one should have in place before thinking about creating an additional income stream? And then we dive really deep into that area. And I, I think this topic, uh, this conversation will be super helpful for you, especially if you are in that season where you're like, man, I, I love one-to-one work, but I want to like do other creative ventures as well. Before we do get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcast session. If you guys are looking at electronic health records, I encourage you to give Therapy Notes a try. If you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapynotes, you actually get a 30 day free trial. There's no credit card that's required, there's no obligation or anything like that. You can actually just try it out. Trustpilot is this uh, website that reviews. You know, like different pieces of software. As I'm recording this right now, Therapy Notes has 563 reviews and a 4.9 out of 5, which is an amazing rating. So, again, you can find more about Therapy Notes at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. So, we'll get right to today's session. Here's my conversation with Annie Schuessler from rebeltherapist.me. Hey, Annie, welcome back to Selling the Couch.
1: Thank you so much, Melvin. So happy to be here.
0: I was telling you this before we got started, but I always enjoy connecting with you and you have such a, a gentle spirit. And I just, have, yeah, I just enjoy connecting with you. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it's a different way of looking at business and it's a different way of thinking about the skills that think about our skills and how we can utilize those just beyond the therapy room.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited to dive into this with you and always love talking to you.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I wanted to start kind of at the beginning, which I think is, I just never want to make any assumptions, but why is it important to have other income streams as a clinician, especially a clinician that's in private practice?
1: Yeah. So this is something I've been thinking a lot about, in the last year as i've noticed what are people's reasons what are really the big why's of people doing this and so for some people it's not necessary like i'm noticing for some people a private practice feels like such a good fit and they want to run a private a private practice for decades and they're also figuring out ways to save for retirement and to really take care of themselves with their private practices But for so many people, it actually is important to create something else. And so I'm noticing that for the people who this is really right for and they really make this work, they want to use different parts of themselves. They want to be creative in different ways, work in different ways with people that are not always possible in the therapy room. And a lot of times they have a bigger mission And they're finding that they need a bigger platform in order to work towards that mission. And a lot of people also want more freedom, more control over their time, and more control even over where they're working. And then I I know for me, it's also about wanting to get to work with people from all over the world. So as a remote therapist, you can work with people where you're anywhere, but you kind of have to work with people in the place where you're licensed. in certain In certain kinds of businesses, like the one I'm running now, and a, a lot of other folks are running, you get to work with folks from anywhere, which is really exciting. And then there is income. I mean, the income reason it's usually not the primary reason that drives people, but it is really important. And once you make this kind of business work it's really potentially limitless. So you're no longer in this situation where you're trading dollars for hours and you you just have a lot of options in terms of how you want to bring in money.
0: You just said like so many good things and I think one of the things that especially stood out to me is you know I was thinking as you were talking like about my own journey and I think one of the things that motivated me and that continues to motivate me with, with STC and just everything I launches, it's like, you're right. Like income is not the sole deciding factor. Actually, like for me, it's, I want to have a schedule that's like conducive to family time and self care and all of those different things. And then I also want the freedom, the time freedom to be able to like dedicate to other things that are important you know whether it's service projects that kind of stuff and for me like the income is yeah it's it's like a almost like a tertiary or whatever yes. the fourth version <laughs> but yeah no it's a good way of looking at it and i i was talking to a friend like recently about this and it's like what an amazing time we live in history you know where we can use our skills to create products and services that i mean literally we can serve all around the world we can yeah. scale i mean it's yeah it's just an amazing time
1: yeah and really i'm i'm so glad you brought that up cuz in a way this way of working is still in its infancy like there are so many possibilities that we can step into and we're really just getting started um, I
0: titled this episode, Do I Have to Build My Therapy Practice Before I Launch a Second Income Stream? The idea for this episode actually started with this idea we were talking about just over email. And what do you think about that idea? I mean, I, I know the little I mean, I would just love to hear what even what you shared in that email about your assumptions before and what you've kind of realized. And
1: yeah. So I kind of used to say what I hear a lot of people saying, which was yeah, you know you've got to first fill your therapy practice or get it to, you know there's there's different ways of looking at it. You could say seventy five percent full, or you've got to get it up to maybe an arbitrary number like seventy k before you should launch something else. And I can see where that makes sense. But I had this experience where I've had a bunch of people ask me, you know, can you help me build this second business? I don't have my therapy practice full yet, but I really want to do it. And kind of with my rebellious nature, I was like, all right, as long as you know what you're getting into here, yeah, let's try. And then what I kept noticing is that people would get started with this work of, you know, starting what I'm calling a rebel business, but it's where you start a business outside of the therapy room. And then their therapy practices would often fill as they're doing this work. And I think it's partly because there's so much excitement and energy in creating this next business that people feel that and they're drawn to that. So colleagues are drawn to that. Clients are drawn to that. So yeah, so that made me realize I cannot say that you have to build your therapy practice first because I just see it so many times working differently and there's just not one path to this.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so glad you said that. And I, I I guess I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this too. Like, I feel like part of it also may be like the personality of the therapist. Like mm-hmm. for me, I like run, run away from risk and I like, you know, I sit on things and I I like analyze and reanalyze. And, you know, even with, before I launched STC, I like, I, made sure we had like six months of an emergency fund like in place. Like
1: Yeah do
0: you think about that. Like do you think like there is the factor of personality of the of the therapist? And you you kind of have to figure out like what makes the most sense or I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really true. That there is, you know, there is a need to look at well, where is the money going to come from during mm-hmm. this startup phase? Mm-hmm. And so you know, some people are more risk averse and are going to need to make sure that that's very spelled out. And, you know, some people are going to, you know, jump in a little bit sooner. But yeah, I mean, I'm noticing that part of it has to do with just what do you want to end up with? Like if you Mm -hmm. want to end up with a full private practice and that you want that to be running for many, many years, and you want that to be kind of the, the, Center of your business, and you know that, then you know that could make sense to focus on building that first. But for some people, what they want at least as badly is to have kind of this other business that perhaps for them is more creative and that they've got you know more excitement about. And so, I also really believe in following the excitement, like following where your energy is taking you and really taking advantage of that and harnessing it.
0: Yeah. I feel like so much of this small business journey is like learning to listen to that, mm. like that still small voice in in our hearts, you know, yeah. and not listening to the voice of fear and doubt and all of those things, you know? Yeah. I wanted to, well, you said one thing, which I, I was actually thinking also, I think for me, like, like I love that that you said, you know, really good to think about what you want your ideal sort of business to look like, right? Because I feel like sometimes we get into the throes of things and then it's just things are so chaotic. So we're just doing, doing, doing without actually visioning of like, is this actually what I want? I think the other thing I think that's been really helpful for me is, and this is going to be really nerdy, really quick. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) I literally had like a Google sheet and I Made this whole like color coded sheet of like what I wanted my ideal schedule to look like, yes, and then so like everything from you know I know that i I do really well when I have like four hour blocks of time to do deep concentrated work, so I mm-hmm. made sure I had a couple of hours or a couple of days of the week where I was doing that. I know that I work really well when like the most one on one I can do is like around three in a row, you know and mm-hmm. that after that I need a break, and so It's something I'm aspiring to. Like obviously it's not going to be the reality the first time, but just creating a schedule and what I've been like doing, especially in the last year and a half, every quarter or so I look, so I literally it's, I created the Google sheet and then I duplicated the sheet and I named one my current schedule and then my, the other one's my ideal. And I like cross check them every quarter to see if I'm still on that
1: path. That's excellent. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I have another nerdy thing, Melvin. <laughs> it's a little bit similar in that I've got, you know, the idea of the zone of genius, Gay mm-hmm. Hendrix's work. So it's like, I brought this up to someone recently and they said, but I'm not a genius. So it's not about being a genius, <laughs> it's about getting into the work that you're most uniquely suited to do. So mm. I have, you know, kind of spelled out what things I'm, really best at and where I'm the most engaged in the kind of work that I'm meant to be doing. And I actually track my time with a toggle app. And then I look at the end of every month at, all right, what percentage of time did I spend in my zone of genius? So like that's another way that I'm kind of just like your, I mean, I guess we're nerds, like just like your system. (laughs) It's a way of looking at Am I lining up or at least getting closer to working in the way that I'm really wanting to work? What
0: is is the app called Toggle or what is it? Yeah. The-
1: so it's T O G G L.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. So I think for me, like that's probably the next thing I need to do, which is I have my vision of my ideal schedule, but I need to see what the reality is. Mm. Right. And whether what I think is on paper is actually what I'm doing. So that's like, that's awesome. I wanted to shift the, the focus a little bit, which is, what do you think are the three minimum things that one should have in place before thinking about an additional income stream? Income stream. I know we were starting to talk
1: about this, but like I wanted to kind of narrow that down mm-hmm. a little bit. More. So what I've observed, a lot of this in myself, but also in a lot of people who I work with, you do need to have some income to get through that building phase. So some people are really driven to build these next businesses and they're going to do it quickly and they may do it in a matter of, you know, months or under a year, but it's really going to take the amount of time that it takes. And so I I would recommend that people do have some kind of income coming in regularly to help them get through that. So that could be savings. It could be private practice. It could be another job. Those are the things it usually is for folks I work with. Some people have a partner who can you know work them through that time, which is fantastic too? And I have and, a
0: really, really random yeah, question related yeah. to that. So you said some income coming in. So I guess how do you mm-hmm. decide like how much you need like before you know you s-
1: start that
0: next Basically, thing? Like,
1: I, I'm thinking of it as enough to pay the bills. Okay. Like enough that you you don't have to have huge startup costs to this new business. You know, you, you might want to get some help so that you shorten your learning curve, but this doesn't have to be a really expensive business to run at all. So it's really the income that's coming in to pay your bills mm. is covered. And then you may want to transition then over time to where you're decreasing your job or your private practice and you're letting this take over, or you may decide you want to keep a balance of the two. But yeah, you want to have something coming in to help you. Got it.
0: So the first thing, um, just kind of the minimum thing to have in place is some kind of income. And then what would you say is another thing?
1: The next thing is really about mindset. And this might mm-hmm. be at least as important, I would say it is, that you want to have a mindset of experimentation and creativity mm-hmm. and grit around this, pro- this process, this whole second business that you're creating, that you need to have a willingness to fail at things and to try many times in doing things like finding the right niche, creating an offer that's really going to resonate and finding ways to build your platform, build your audience. Mm. And if you step in without a mindset of experimentation and creativity, you're likely to get really discouraged And to maybe kind of like take your ball and go home. And so I just really love to encourage people to look at it like you are going to succeed at this and it's more about how and when, and just looking Mm -hmm. at it as, all right, let me see if this first thing works. Let's find out what worked about it, what didn't and step back in. So Mm. that mindset is just super necessary.
0: Yeah, I almost see it like uh, you're like a scientist in the in lab and you're just creating or you're an artist in, in your yeah. studio and you're creating. This is something, just being completely honest, I've struggled with, which is when something doesn't work out, I personalize it. And so mm-hmm. now it's not that the product didn't work out, but it's that I'm a failure, you know,
1: totally. and I
0: yeah. don't know what I'm doing. So... How do you, and and like, I love that idea around mindset and grit, but in your personal experience, how do you overcome that aspect of it?
1: Well, for me personally, I need to have people around me who really believe in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I know I need to rely on myself, but part of relying on myself is building that community. So I can take an hour or a day or whatever I need to think like oh my God, this didn't work. I'm a failure. I'm, you know, I'm going to do something else for a living. I might need to take that time, but then I need people who I can turn to and have them remind me of why this is so important so that I can kind of lean into that love and support and then come back at it. So it's not like you've got to be just like made of steel to do this. Mm. You can Go through those feelings of like vulnerability and failure and fear, but like having some way to keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is absolutely with support from other people.
0: Yeah. And I found the very same thing too, which is I feel like when. I feel like my business runs a lot better when I have ample social support and I'm invested yeah. in my like social relationships. And I think it's you hit the nail on the head, which is I think it helps, at least for me, it helps in two levels. One is it gives me like a sounding board to like just share about what I'm going through. But then I think the other thing for me is it reminds me that the business is one part of my life, but it's not my entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I am not by business, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. It's like you've got for me, I've got to have some people who really are invested in my business and who believe in what I'm doing. And then I I also have some people who really don't know much about my business and they just love me. And, you know, it's nice to have both of those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do
1: you have any like
0: book suggestions or anything like that if folks are listening and they wanna like work on that mindset stuff, anything that you've just run across like, oh, this is really good?
1: I, I know this is kind of a popular one right now, but I've really enjoyed Atomic Habits.
0: James Clear?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many, but that's the one that's coming to mind right now in terms of instead of just having goals that are linear, to put a lot of emphasis on the systems that are you know, making those goals happen, the those little practices that you put in place every single day. And then I guess another one, and this might fit for different personality types, is Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. So, you know, especially for those who really look at this as a creative project, I think she's got some good ideas. Yeah, no, she's she does have some really good ideas.
0: I haven't read this book yet. It's on my audible like to to read or to listen list. The book Grit. And I think it's Angela Duckworth.
1: Okay. Yeah. I got to read yeah. that one too. Um,
0: which I haven't read, but I've, I've looked enough reviews and people really seem to like it. Man, gives me some additional things to start reading. Thank yes. you for that. So some income, second thing is mindset. And then what would you say is the third minimum thing to have in place before uh, creating an additional income stream?
1: Some time. I would say having some time carved out mm-hmm. every week. I see it working with at least two hours a week minimum, and hopefully more, like hopefully you can find five, 10 hours. And that doesn't mean that you look at your calendar and it's just blank for five to 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Usually that's just not going to be the case. So it might not even be clear at the moment where this time is going to come from. You might have to get creative and and carve out time that you didn't know existed because it is amazing how we can find time. Something is really important to us. that's definitely happened for me with, you know, projects that matter to me. Suddenly I'm, oh, somehow I found this three hours a week when I thought I didn't have any time.
0: Right. I'm laughing because like yeah. when I first started SDC, I was like so I'm still like love it, but I was like, I remember being just super excited. Yes. Starting and Enough to wake up at four a m every yeah. day and work until like six a m just to like you know figure out how do you record this, and what do you do and you're right, and yeah, I feel like time and and like I guess listening to your heart kind of go go you know go together um I did have a random yeah. question on that, so you said minimum two hours of time, so is it better to do like one two hour chunk or sp- base it out like, you know, 30 minutes here or one hour here, or does it really matter? Ooh,
1: great question. I think in the very beginning, it doesn't matter, or maybe it's ideal to have it as a two hour block so that you can get into it. You're really at the very beginning, you're doing some exploring work, you're figuring out your niche, you're figuring out what your first offer is going to be. And so, you know, it can help to have that time just blocked out where you can do some deep work. And then over time, you're going to need to check in with your business more often because you're going to be interacting with people and you don't want to wait a week between you know, those interactions. Right. So you'll get to the point where you want to be interacting in some way with that business you know, several times a week. But yeah, in the beginning, I think if you really had the choice, carve out two hours where that's just the time for this new project and you don't let anything else touch it. I think that could be ideal. Right.
0: It's like you get an email and they're like, oh, my next two hour block of time is (laughs) like six days away. You'll have to wait. (laughs) Right. This is such a like, for me, I don't know, time blocking and like batching stuff and just focusing on one thing in that time block. I don't, it seems like such common sense, but for me, generally how I'm wired is to try to do five different things at one time and I think this focus on one thing for a concentrated amount of time it's changed I don't know like I feel like changed how I approach business it's changed I think just my own mental health you know I've noticed like I'm much less anxious and worried about you know because used to what happened is I would have this time blocked out But then I would try to do five things at once, and then like very little got done on the one thing that I wanted to do. And then I would be like, "Oh my gosh, I had all this time. Where did it go?" You know. But I'm glad that that you said that. So, um, and then so how do you? This might be like I guess a tangential question related to. So, it's a good idea to block out two hours of time. And I, I imagine someone listening to this is like man this sounds really good but the thing that i'm struggling with is i know that i have this big goal and this big dream but and i have this 2 hour hour block of time but i have no idea what i'm supposed to work on during that that block of time so what do you do in that scenario
1: yeah so i mean that is that is part of what I have going on in my program, and so that's <laughs> what we do at the very beginning. Is exactly people step in and they're like, "I love this. I have no idea where to start." And so where we start is with niche. We start with figuring out who this is for and going really deeply into that question. So it's not just a demographic. It's not just a you know an avatar. It's not just a demographic. It's not just an avatar. It's really looking deeply at who are you creating this for? Who are the people who you're really driven to help transform their lives? And when you get really clear on that, then I think the offer of you know what it is that you're creating for them becomes more clear. So those are the two first things that I would focus on is figuring out who and getting really clear on things like, when this person is ready for this transformation, what are the kinds of things that they're saying? What are the kinds of things that they're maybe saying to their best friend and they're not saying to other people? You want to key into those things. And then you want to create a pilot offer that hopefully isn't going to be something huge and elaborate. It's going to be something simple. You want to get started on that. And then when you've got those two things, the rest of building your business is going to get a lot easier. Easier and more clear.
0: Yeah, I think such good words of advice. I feel like sometimes we, at least I know for me, I look at this forest and I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels so overwhelming. And sometimes yes. like there's so much wisdom in just focusing on like one little tree at a time, you know?
1: Yeah. And what you know, if you're if you're trying to figure out, okay, great, and how do I figure out my niche? <laughs> how do I do this, this work of exploring? It might be looking at having conversations with some people who you already know, who Mm. may not be the first participants of your program, but they may be people who are similar to them, and to do some in-depth interviews, to ask them some questions and have some open-ended conversations. That could be a great like first tree in the forest. Hmm.
0: That's awesome. That way you're getting an idea, you're honing in on the niche, and then in a way validating the idea. Yeah. Annie, I wanted to get to this question all about platforms, but I feel like that's gonna be another 20 minute question. So maybe <laughs> I'll table that table that conversation. But I'm just so grateful for you. You know, I I feel like you're doing you're doing such beautiful and wonderful work in the world serving our field. And thank you for this conversation, just helping us to think a little bit differently about what it means to run our businesses and more importantly, why we run them.
1: Thank you so much, Melvin. It's been such a pleasure.
0: How can we learn more about you and especially about the coaching program that you have?
1: So if you head over to rebeltherapist.me, you'll find everything that I've got to offer and some free resources. And then I would love to have you check out my podcast, which is called Rebel Therapist.
0: I will definitely include that in the show notes, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 219. Annie, thank you again for doing this and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Thanks so much, Melvin. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey guys, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Annie, especially if you are thinking about creating a second income stream and the thought of creating one has just been super intimidating and you have felt like Man, I really need to have reach a certain level of income or reach a certain number of clients. I hope that today's podcast conversation is maybe just giving you a little bit different of a perspective. That those are definitely important indicators, but maybe there are also other indicators that that you might want to consider as well. I was thinking about kind of the big insight that I took away from this session, and for me, it's been about the importance of mindset. And Annie mentioned this that. You know, with Selling the Couch, I've as I record this right now, I've been very fortunate to create five different income streams. We're working on a, a sixth and a seventh one currently. Uh, five different income streams. And I think one of the things that has been the most helpful in creating each of those income streams um, has just to have the proper mindset. You know, I alluded to this in the interview, but every time I've had the mindset that this is something that is fun and that's enjoyable and that brings me joy and that allows me to serve well, and that whatever I create, it's ultimately an experiment that I I get to co create with people that are also interested. That sort of mindset has always usually led to things being successful. Whereas when I have the mindset that I have to create things in isolation, that, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out, I'm scared, like, when I charge based on fear, for example, right? That comes across in everything in how I present in the videos that I create in the sales pages, all of that kind of stuff. So it's just something just on my heart. And I hope that uh, it encourages you and maybe helps you to think differently as well. Annie mentioned a number of resources on her page, which over again is over at rebeltherapist.me. And she has these uh, private coaching groups. If that's something that you're interested in, you can definitely check that out on her website. And show notes to today's session can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 219. As we wrap up again, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcast session. So Therapy Notes is, a, as I mentioned, it's an electronic health record. It helps you manage case notes and clients all completely online through a secure encrypted medium this is going to be really nerdy but one of the cool things about therapy notes is that you can actually like create custom branded appearance so basically the client's portal and things like that can you can include your own practice logo the color scheme that you use on your website you can even have a custom welcome message and instruction that fits our practices brand and our our practices style. You can learn uh, more about Therapy Notes and the good services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Therapy Notes. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.